Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wal'aqibata lil-muttaqeen Wal'a'udwana illa ala al-dhalimeen Wa'ashadu an la ilaha illa Allah Wa'ahtahu la sharika lah Wa'ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluh Sallallahu alayhi Wa ala alihi wa ashabihi Wa man da'a bi da'watihi Wa stanna bi sunnati Ila yawmiddin Wa sallam tasliman kathira Amma ba'd, fawusikum wa nafsi bittaqwa Allah azza wa jal, wa sam'i wa ta'a. Wa yaqul al-haq subhana, a'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan al-rajim, ya ayuhal ladhina amunu attaqu allaha haqqa tuqati, wa la tamutunna illa wa antum muslimun. All praise are due to Allah, Lord of the worlds, and surely the best reward ultimately is for those who have the consciousness of Allah. And I bear witness that Muhammad, son of Abdullah, is his servant, his last messenger. May Allah always, constantly, send peace and blessings to Muhammad, to his family, his companions, and all those who call to his way and establish his sunnah to the day of judgment. As to what follows, I begin by reminding myself of the eternal importance of taqwa. The internal importance of the consciousness of Allah, that we fear Allah, we hope in the reward from Allah. That we never forget the Creator in any of the actions in the life of this world. And Allah has told us, O oh, you who believe, Fear Allah in the way he should be feared and do not die except submitting to Allah. Submission. And that is the concept of istislam, of being a Muslim. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed this last nation with the final revelation. With that revelation that would supersede all other revelations and also give guidance to people who never lived in Arabia, who could not even speak Arabic, but yet are underneath Allah's protection and guidance in all parts of the world. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed in his mighty book, in the third chapter, verse 186. And again, this sets the stage for what we are going through today. And Muslims are feeling pressure. We are feeling a type of fitna surrounding us. But Allah revealed through the Prophet ﷺ, who, with his companions, were going through tremendous tests in the beginning of the Medina period, the Battle of Badr, Uhud, the separation of the Munafiqeen, hypocrites from amongst their ranks who claimed to be Muslim but were trying to destroy Islam. Outward threats coming at them. All types of fitna. And Allah revealed to us all, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم لتبلغون في أموالكم وأنفسكم 
Allah has revealed, you shall certainly be tried and tested in your wealth and in yourselves. And you shall certainly hear much that will grieve you from those who received the book before you and from those who worship partners with Allah. But if you persevere patiently and fear Allah in all affairs, this will be the most resolute action that you can take. And so a divine order of fitna, of bala. Allah said we will be tested in our wealth. Our material world will be tested. We will be tested in our lives, our very lives, we will be killed. And thirdly, we will hear scandal, insults from those who got the book before and also from the mushrikeen, from people who worship idols, from people who associate partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Muslims today, and especially in the last week or so, are again feeling a tremendous pain inside of themselves. A pain with insults coming against Rasulullah coming out of the, in India, and it created a reaction around the Muslim world. The ordinary Muslim felt a pain naturally inside, and we should feel a pain. Our countries, many of our countries began to even talk about boycott. They started to put pressure, and they should do that. Fatwas were given, serious fatwas were given by scholars, and those fatwas should be given. But we should never forget as we go through this, and we have gone through this a number of times, and those of you who were alive and around and Muslim in the time of Salman Rushdie and the things that happened, remember the burning of the Quran, the insults, the pictures, over and over again. We have to remember this has happened to the Messenger of Allah from the beginning. It is not something new. And he is protected by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is nothing they can do for his honor. There is nothing they can do to spoil his name. Because we're dealing not only with the dunya, we're dealing with al-akhirah. But as far as the dunya is concerned, we are entrusted to protect his name, to stand for him. But ultimately, we need to keep it in our mind if we are feeling frustrated and our emotions are rising, that these emotions are good for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but they need to be channeled to positive activities. Because the attacks will continue. And remember the divine order of things that Allah gave us in Surah Ali Imran. You'll be tested in your wealth and your lives first. The crucial thing, the life of one Muslim is a crucial factor. 
And you'll also hear these insults. You'll hear scandals. But the wealth and the lives, primary, it comes first. And we have to recognize as the emotions start to subside, because with time, it subsides. And we start thinking about another place. We have to remember that Muslims in India are being persecuted physically, psychologically, and economically. There are literally laws being passed to criminalize religious practices, dietary habits, and even businesses. And the media is involved in this. The media in India, for the most part, has painted a negative picture of the Muslims, especially since 2014 with the rise of the right-wing BJP party, the Hindutva, the rise of the racist, fascist ideology. It is a reality that is happening in many parts of the world, but this is a textbook case for us. It's right in front of our face. And our emotions, with protection of the Prophet should now give us the strength to deal with the real reality of that. Because the Prophet ﷺ is safe. But are the Muslims in India, are they safe? And this is a textbook case also for what is happening in Palestine, what is happening to the Uyghur people, what is happening in Kashmir. You'll see it being played out. But this now, because of this recent challenge to us, is right in front of our face. Some of the key issues coming, and again, this is your case that you can start to see what, what's happening in other parts of the world. Muslims are no longer being considered as equal citizens. In India, they are trying to pass laws, trying to go against the so-called veneer of democracy, and to make us appear, especially in certain regions of the country, that we're not actually equal. We have to prove our identity although having lived there for hundreds, if not thousands of years. Halal diet is being attacked. Just because you eat halal, it's being criminalized. Muslim women are being humiliated and harassed just for wearing a hijab. And remember how Muslims felt before. In the time of the Abbasids, who many people say, well, this is not the Sahaba, but the Abbasid Khalifa, Banu Abbas, during their time, the word came to the capital of Islam that one Muslim woman was being attacked in the Christian lands. And she cried, She cried out to the Khalifa. And it is reported that when that came to the Khalifa, one Muslim woman, he wrote to the Christian king and he said, if you do not release her, I will send to you an army that is so big that the front of it reaches you and the back is still coming from me. When the Christian heard this, he said, we hear and obey. And he released the Muslim woman and gave her bodyguards to protect her back to the lands of Islam. This is Izzah. Izzah is not only just physical might, but it is self-respect. It is honor. And that is what the ummah is in need of right now. And it starts on a personal level, a lower level, and it goes to a higher and a higher level. 
There is also Muslim livelihoods are under threat. And one of the worst aspects is a danger of communal violence. Communal violence, mobs, lynchings happening against Muslims. And looming in the background, and now it is coming clearer and clearer and clearer, is genocide. And genocide is a very serious word. And according to the people who watch genocide, who have studied it and its, its evolution in any part of the world, we have reached point number eight in ten stages of genocide. They have reached in India point number eight. Number one in brief is classification. That is when the people are classified as the other. It's them against us. Think about the world now. Think about what happens. Number two, symbolization. And that is when certain symbols are given negative images. Our symbols of the hijab, our symbol of the kufi, our symbol of the masjid. Negative symbolization. Three, discrimination. That is exclusion from civil rights, as we see happening with Muslims trying to be pushed out and not considered citizens. Number four, dehumanization. This one is serious when they start to classify their enemies as insects or as animals, subhuman. Number five, organization. And that is when special militias are set up. And in India, the gangs of thugs, hoodlum mobs being set up. But that leads to number six, which is polarization. And that is hate speech and propaganda. This is the, the system of genocide. This is how it comes. And that hate speech, we see it now. We see it played out. We see it coming with the propaganda. Seven, preparation. And that is where the victims are identified and mass killings are planned. They are organizing and playing. And number eight, persecution, forced displacement, ghettos, concentration camps being set up. This is the point where the experts said they've reached that point now. But number nine is extermination. And that is when the killing starts. The victim is not considered human and the killing begins. And 10 is denial. It's part of genocide. Because a perpetrator denies that they committed any crimes. What should we do? We can't lay down. Number one, our greatest weapon is our dua. And it has to be constantly there. For the, the, the weak, Mustadafin, the weak people who are suffering under these terrible crimes that we see that is happening. But following this, economics, however we can support any economics which will bring this regime and others into their place, that is the way that we could help. Speaking out, we need to speak out in any way that we can, writing, uh, demonstrating, whatever, political pressure. And I want to read to you uh, something from a petition, because people want to say, what can I do? 
can I at least do something after I make my dua? But I want to read, read to you a petition which is being circulated now that at least that we can do. Because our brothers and sisters have put the words in clear. And we need, you need to study it to understand what is happening. You can apply it to other places. And it says, it's a petition to the government of Canada. Whereas the BJP has catapulted its exclusionary Hindutva ideology into the mainstream, empowering Hindutva radicals to threaten, harass, and attack religious minorities with impunity, Hate speeches by BJP officials and calls for genocide by Hindutva leaders have led to widespread economic boycott, mob lynchings, and other acts of violence and discrimination against Muslims, Christians, and other minorities. Degradation of institutions meant to preserve democratic order and hold the government accountable, including the media, the judiciary, and the parliament, has led to communal hegemony, systemic discrimination, and widespread persecution of minorities. And laws establishing citizenship based on faith, criminalization of religious conversion and interfaith marriages have been enacted to persecute religious minorities. We, the undersigned citizens of Canada, call upon the government of Canada to, one, acknowledge the Indian government's discriminatory anti-minority laws, the rising threat of genocide against Muslims and the persecution of Christians, Dalit, and other minorities. Two, include human rights experts in all trade and bilateral agreements with India to safeguard the freedom, justice, and human rights of persecuted minorities. Three, invoke Magnitsky sanctions on Indian government officials responsible for or complicit in gross human rights violation against Muslims and other minorities in India. And four, develop a multilateral strategy for the Indian government to take immediate measures to protect its vulnerable minorities and repeal discriminatory laws and acts targeting Muslims, Christian, and delete minorities. You can find this on the website saveindia.ca. That's easy to remember. Saveindia.ca. We all need to go there. Sign the petition at least after we make our dua, and to join on whenever positive actions where our emotions can be channeled in a positive way, and that patience, remember what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, You have the consciousness of Allah, and you have sabr, you persevere, that will be the strongest thing that you can ever do. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ease the burden on the Muslims of, of India. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ease the burdens of the Muslims of Palestine, of Kashmir, the Huiga, all around the world. Ya Arham Rahimin. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ease the burden on the children of the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May Allah protect the dignity and the honor of the women of the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May Allah raise up strong leadership amongst the men of the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. To stand in the way of, and may Allah raise a Khalifa, a leader, to lead the Muslim world from darkness into light. And may Allah give us the chance and a benefit to say as our last words, La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, aqulu qawli hadha.
Alhamdulillah, Al-Wahid, Al-Ahad, Al-Fard, Al-Samad, Al-Ladhi Lam Yalid, Walam Yulad, Walam Yakullahu Kufuan Ahad. Wa usalli wa usallam ala Sayyid al-Awwaleen wal-Akhirin, Nabiyyana Muhammadan, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Wa ba'd. Ya ibadullah, attaqullah haythu ma kuntum, wa yaqul al-Haq subhana, mukhbinan wa amira, inna allaha wa malaikatuhu yusalluna ala al-Nabi, Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima Allahumma salli wa sallam ala abdika wa rasulika Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabi ajma'in wardallahu ala al-khulafa al-rashidin Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman wa Ali wa anna bi rahmatika arhama rahimin alhamdulillahi alladhi hadana lihada wa ma kunna linahtariya mawlaan hadana Allah Rabbana la tuzi qulubana ba'da id hadaytana وهب لنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الوهاب ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكف عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع ربرا اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين وذل الشرك والمشركين ودم أعداء الدين وانزر عبادك يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم لا تدع لنا ذنبا إلا غفرته ولا هما إلا فرجته ولا دينا إلا قديته ولا مريدا إلا شفيته ولا ميتا إلا رحمته ولا حاجة من حوائج الدنيا إلا قديتها يا أرحم الراحمين لا إله إلا أنت سبحانك إنا كنا من الظالمين إباد الله يرحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي قربة وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعذكم لعلكم تذكرون قوموا إلى صلاتكم يرحمكم الله